This week on the Double Click Podcast, we talk about, I don't know how to say this, God's in control? God is in control. God is in control. Welcome to the Double Click Podcast, and we hope you're doing all right out there. You doing, you doing okay today, Justin? Yeah, I'm That's doing awesome. good. God is in control, man. God is in control. So let me clarify what we're talking about with this, because when I hear the phrase, um, God is in control, mm-hmm. I recognize that as a scriptural truth, but there is this slight uh, Christian culture eye roll that happens mm. in the back of my mind when I hear that, mm-hmm. because I always feel like that phrase is used... Um, as a attempted band aid, yeah. If that makes sense, yeah. Like well, I, it's up there with "I'll pray for you," right? Like, oh I'll, wow! Or, or I'll pray about that. Like some some now. Granted, some of us listening, and I and I and I've started to do this. When we say it, we mean it, right? There are prayer warriors. I can name some right now that have blessed me in the church that I serve, and I know who they are. Uh, but there have been times that I'm guilty of going, "Hey, I'll pray for you." Yeah, but I'll I'll say this like I I th- I fully believe like you know the people yeah when they say I'll pray for you that you know they're gonna pray for you right. and you know when somebody's saying hey I'll pray pray for you as a conversation um, ender conversation or... <laughs> ender yeah yeah um it's also like like I know when you like like ask somebody to do something and you're like hey oh I'll, I'll pray about that that's a no you know yeah like, yeah <laughs> and I'm guilty exactly. of that too I'm yeah. totally guilty yeah. of it you know and it's one of those like and I've tried to diagnose that like that polite. I don't know how we got on this topic, but it's it's one of those similar phrases. When we talk about God is in control, um, it's one of those things that with certain individuals, with certain cultures, with certain groups, it becomes this um, automated response mm-hmm. to a difficult time right? or to a time that has a question mark or an unknown. And I really think that's that's like in my head when I hear somebody say that, and once again, it, it depends on the person, but for the most part, like when I see it written on a sign, and it was weird because like a month ago, um, mid-January-esque, I feel like all of a sudden everybody was saying that. Everybody was posting it. It was on every church sign that I drove by. Like everybody was trying to say, it, things aren't well, but God's in control. And so like all of a sudden I'm starting to read that and I'm like, why does everybody need this affirmation right now? Mm-hmm. Like what's going on? That that's there. Is that something that God's trying to remind us of because the Spirit's moving? Or is it something that, like, is a cliche that we say that we're guilty of, like, making turning turning a scriptural truth into empty words? Yeah, things didn't go your way, but hang on, God's in control. You know, like, yeah. that, that might switch yep. and that might change. Just just keep on believing, you yeah. know? And I think that's one of those, like, one of the places I hear it a lot that, like, uh, I struggle with is, like, when you're at a um, funeral, like when somebody's passed away and they're like, oh, it's going to be okay. God's in control. Mm-hmm. And in my head, like I'll hear somebody say that or I'll have, you know, when, I, when I've been in the family line, like somebody else say that to me and I'm like, thank you. And I know they mean well, but I'm going, that's not helping. Yeah. You know, I wonder if it's, if it's a way for us to avoid diving into negative things. See, right? and that's it, it's it's a hey, God's in control. I'm not I'm not gonna go I'm not gonna go negative. I'm not gonna go deep here. I'm just gonna stay on. It's it's it can it it has the ability to be a surface level statement. Now, God is in control can be very deep and can be very rich, but I think oftentimes when we throw it around, we only keep it on the surface. We only see the tip of that iceberg, and we don't get down. So there is value. When you're in that family line or you're going through something in life, there is value in going, you know what? God is in control, but this situation still really stinks, and I need to process this 
with God. You know, when we were doing our notes, you wrote on the board Job. Uh, and so, <laughs> and, and exactly, like, he didn't shy away from those things. He still dealt with those consequences. Um, and so I think in life, you mentioned this phrase of Band-Aid. Like, it's not some Band-Aid for us to, to say, and now everything's magically better. God is in control, and things can still suck. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> things can... Pardon my language, I'm sorry. Uh, but things, things can still feel like they're going south, or and or not be the way we would want it and be uncomfortable, but God can still be in control. That's great. We've got we've got to re-edit the podcast now to put on here that there's preschool profanity. I'm Very sorry. Justin. That's I'm okay. So it's sorry. all right. But, my mother, if she's listening, she will not approve. But that. to your point, I think that's what my and you may have talked about this. Like we want to be real. Mm. Like we don't want to be fake. And there is that aspect of when that phrase is thrown out there, especially within Christian culture, that it's a surface level phrase, and that's okay on occasion. I do think surface-level phrases, especially in casual conversation, are okay because they help you navigate. Mm-hmm. But I think why that phrase is a little bit of an offender to me when it is surface-level is because there's that truth behind it. But it's like you said. like, And there's been cases, there's been cases like I wrote Job on the board because my brain instinctively, like when I hear somebody say to somebody else, God is in control or something of that nature because... Sometimes I almost think we we come at that and it's um, we're trying to affirm within ourselves something that might be untrue, meaning that God is going to have a Job equation. Because you remember at the end of Job, he got tenfold back on family and goods and all this other stuff. And if you just surface level read that, you go, oh, he made everything back the way it was mm-hmm. or better. Yeah. But the reality is, is when you go through a difficult situation you don't get back to where you were. You get go somewhere else. Yeah. It still might be good. It still might be a place, but you're going to carry a weight of a, dark, of a dark season in your life with you. God can redeem that and He can use it. And so I think when I hear that phrase, God is in control, almost saying, hey, we're going to get back to quote-unquote normal. And maybe that's what that, that's where it kept showing up on those signs and, and a month or two ago, because, I mean, you know, we're closing in on a, a year of craziness. Yeah. And it's the reality of, hey, we're not back to whatever your mental version of normal is yet. And it's that difficulty of people are trying to like mentally motivate themselves back to, hey, things are going to get back to normal. Mm -hmm. Whereas Mm -hmm. a lot of people in the world, and and this would be me right now, Mm -hmm. I'm just moving to the place where I'm accepting that, hey, this is is what life is now. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's super abrasive. Like that took me a few months to like be as okay as I'm going to be with it. Right. to where right. I could get to a place where my brain wasn't in the same level of panic that it right. was. And so I think when we talk about God is in control, I think we want to double-click and renew that phrase yeah. for us to really evaluate what do we mean when we get there. And I think it has to do with trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think you can you can look at the phrase, God is in control, and we can break that down. So God, who is this sovereign creator being uh, that has made everything— omniscient, omnipresent, God, is, it wasn't was or will be, it's is. So in the present moment, wherever you're at, whatever you're experiencing, He is, and then in control. Like, He's the one that's determining outcomes. He's the one that is sovereign and has um, the authority to to have things shift and change and move and, and has a plan. So He has the grander plan. So when we look at this phrase, we can just roll it out. God is in control, and it's just you know put it on a Hallmark card, 
pat somebody on the back as they're as they're leaving church and, and let's just move out. Or we can take time to sit down and break it down and look at the words that make that up and go, okay, am I am I really believing that? Or am I seeing the fruits of that in my life? That that I believe in God. There is a sovereign creator over all this. He is here. He is with me. And he's the one that's got the control. And I think if we digest that phrase versus just throwing it out there, mm. that helps us to to live it out. You know. That, well, here's here's what clicked in my head as you were saying that phrase and breaking it down. I think when I hear that phrase, and this might be just me, I hear that phrase as that being of a there is in control. Mm. And I want to make that a shift. Like, like the question I get to with that is, I think why that phrase feels abrasive to me also is because it's it seems impersonal. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's like, I want it to be that deep relational of like, hey, this God that you know and have a relationship is with you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like, I, I don't know how to phrase it. My God is in control. Right. Like, because I think that's where, when you try to just use it as a as a temporary encouragement in many occasions like that doesn't necessarily point yourself or that person back to hey you need to reach out you need to pray you need to dive in with god and walk with him through this yeah. season yeah yeah i think i think in some ways it intentionally or unintentionally can take accountability out of the equation whether oh, that's for us or whether that's yeah. for the person hey hey brother god is in control that's me going I'm not going to walk with you through it. God's in control. You have a good day. Go enjoy your lunch. You know, or hey, you don't have to think or pray on that or examine your own self. God's in control. You just you go you go enjoy your day. Like you, he'll take care oh, of it. Oh man. So I think oftentimes we can slip into this place of taking out the accountability and it feels good and like you said, it's based in biblical truth. God is absolutely in control. Um but we can't take ourselves out of that equation. Hey, I know you keep uh, you're in school. You keep cheating on tests. God's in control. Yeah, but you got you got to quit cheating on tests, right? Like you got You you've got to take accountability for that. Or if we've ha- we've had these tough love podcasts and and all these other things, if I'm not going to this person, hey man, I know you're you're cheating on every exam you take. I really think you need to stop doing that. Um, like we we can't just have God is in control as this band aid that just magically makes things better. Yeah, and I think like I, what you said right there, it started to click because I think there's those pocket of phrases we're talking about that I'm sitting there going like, oh, I've done that. Like you, you, mm-hmm. I haven't used necessarily that phrase like, hey, God's in control, like that I can think of, but I've used other phrases yeah. that are really accountability releases. Mm. Like it's a push off phrase, yeah. Yeah. and I think that's where that line comes in if you're going to evaluate, hey, when. When is this phrase something that can be good and encouraging, or when is this phrase me checking the box and piecing out? Yeah, and I think that's just it because I think you you hit it dead on the head. Is we have, and I'm sitting there like evaluating right now, like even the hey, I'll be praying for you about that. Like yeah. the times I've done yeah. that where I use it as a conversation ender, when mm-hmm. really what I'm doing is releasing myself from bearing mm-hmm. each other's burdens. Mm-hmm. I'm releasing myself from that moment. And yeah. so, so like I put, put put it in this context. So, as I'm evaluating this in myself, there are moments where people are going through hardship, where I'll be in the room, I'll be in the conversation, and you have that one moment where you're trying to encourage them and you're trying to be genuine, and I'll drop a accountability release phrase. So I'll be like, "Hey, look, you know God's with you. 
I'll be praying for you. Mm-hmm. You just drop them all right there. Right there. You know, you're like, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and really what I'm doing and I'm acknowledging is that weird game of like, which once again, in certain situations, depending on the person is, like all they need to know is, hey, they're thinking about you at that moment and they're there and that's great. That's mm-hmm. That's good. But I think for me, there's a lot of times where I will have that conversation and then I'll have a different one where I'm trying to communicate with that person. Hey, I'm going to walk through you with this. Yeah. And so I might even use the same phrasing, but I'll say it very differently. Yeah. So I'll grab the person and be like, hey, look, I am praying for you. And if you need something, you call me. I'm going to text you in three days. Right. And I need you to tell me one thing I can do for you. Right. And all of a sudden, that's different. Right. Like that's totally, totally different. Because I think the other one leads to, and maybe that's it, like when you're having that genuine dive in instead of like doing the accountability release, you know, you're doing the the push off. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think that's that's part of the difference is there's an actionable afterwards too. Right. Absolutely. Well, and hear me say this, the push off of God is in control, um, that is, that what makes that confusing is it's true. We can say God is in control. That is true. We can push that off, and I guarantee you, He's able to handle it, right? Like, yeah. he, like He's able to He's able to take what we can't. Like, hey, I'm not wading into this. God, God can, is, and will handle those situations. So I think that's the confusing thing: is don't hear us saying that God God requires or, or He needs us to be the shoulders. He can certainly handle those things. But I do think as believers. And as, as believers walking with other believers, we do need to shoulder some of that weight um, yeah, and, wa- and walk in accountability. I know that might have been confusing. Maybe you can say that better. But I just think God is in control. It, we're like, yeah, we're going to push that off. God can handle that. But He wants us to step into walking with our well, brothers I mean, and when sisters you, as well. When you, when you look throughout Scripture, um, God's method of ministry, what He has chosen, He does not need humanity to execute his will. He does not need to work through believers to accomplish his will. It's the way he's chosen to do it. Like one mm. pastor said this, the church is God's plan A. There is no plan B mm. to accomplish his will. Like that's how God has designed it, is that that's how we reach other people. That's how we minister to other people. And so with us acknowledging that, that's where when we're talking about, Justin's talking about that accountability level, is that we're not saying God can't do this without us. Right. We're not saying God, quote-unquote, needs us right. in order to do this. Right. We're saying God is all-powerful and all-sovereign, but we have a responsibility because that is what God has tasked us with and how he's chosen to do it. Yeah, that's that. thank you for saying what I couldn't. No, you said, was, you said it. It was well, I probably much just, better. No, no, I probably just... just um, it's one of those where w- one of us audibly processes and then the mm. other one recovers, Yeah, which I think happens a lot. Yeah, I was in the middle of just... Just dumping it all out there. No. But I do think as we talk about God being in control, one thing we want to do as we kind of wind down here is we want to look at and really process through within our own selves, how do we know that we're trusting that God is in control? Mm -hmm. Like what's a little little bitty litmus test we can throw with ourselves to know we've done that. And we've talked a lot about, you know, I think there's a good self-evaluation of those phrases that we might get into more of those phrases. Like mm-hmm. we might just dive in. But I think having those, as you as you call them, like that accountability release mm-hmm. check is something we need to make sure that like, hey, when God is putting somebody on our mind and heart, like we don't need to throw an accountability release. We don't mm-hmm. need to just like check the conversation mm-hmm. box off. But I think for us, like one question I have is like, so we say this phrase, God's in control. It's normally when there's a stressor. 
well, what are what are some check boxes within me that I am living that God is in control, mm. that my God is in control, that He knows what's going on? So the first one was this: Is there evidence if you're living like God is in control that you are being obedient even when it goes against worldly wisdom? Mm. And what I mean by that is means that you are being guided by God, guided by His Word in your life, and so you have to take a step or a move that the only way it's going to work out is if God moves. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which is scary because, I mean, there's been multiple times in my life where, and it's it normally it is a process. Like, it's normally like this huge argument of selfishness within my head and God not leaving me alone, and then I've got to make the move. Yeah. I've got to take the step. And I'm sitting here, and I'm going like, this is, or, you know, one example, like, this is financially stupid. Right. Like, Dave Ramsey right. would, like, absolutely smack me right now. Right, right. <laughs> but, man, I feel like God's leading me to do this. Yeah. And so, okay, here we go. Let's flush the financial plan. Let's go out. Now, that's not to say you make unwise financial decisions, but at the same time, if God's leading you to take a step, is there evidence in your life of you taking a step in faith? Yeah, in obedience. Yeah, and and let me not to not to get go down a rabbit trail, a rabbit hole, or whatever. Uh, that obedience. So in my own life, you know, previously in the business world, working, feel the call to step into ministry full time. Wife's working. She's starting to wrestle with. I feel like I need to stay at home with our youngest child, and we're both we're both fighting this this obedience thing. So finally, God calls me. We we step into Rich Fork, and we go from two incomes to one income. My wife's staying at home. Oh man, what are we gonna do? Um, but it it's been beautiful. I'm not gonna get into that story. Email me Justin at richfork.com if you want to know more about that. But as kind of a litmus within that litmus of obedience, if you are married or if you do have that Christian community around you. Um, if if my spouse or the Christian community around me was going, hey Justin, I think you need to pump the brakes. I don't I don't think that this is right, but I'm going. No, God's called me to this. Um, that wise counsel is very helpful in in determining am I being obedient in this. And so, yeah. again, not trying to go down a rabbit trail here, but just going use those others around you. God's God's calling me. I feel like I need to be obedient. Those other people in your life will also help point you and direct you and lean on them uh, to help guide you in this in this walk of yes, obedience. And we're and we're and just just double clicking on the double click. We're totally gonna do a series on knowing God's will. Yeah. And things of that nature. Because so we were writing this on the board, yeah. like there was some of that that was all over that. So yeah. that one's coming. The other step we had, we already had like have you acted in obedience, even the world that was most the other way. The other one we had was is are you internally, do you have a peace relying on God that battles against outside stress? that battles against outside pain, that battles against outside difficulty. Because I think one thing that shows that God is in control, not that you're not going to experience have negative experiences on this earth, but I think one thing that shows your trust in God is that there is this tension where you have the peace of God that is pushing back. And that can go, like in my experience, that can go like, my I can go into panic, <laughs> despair, depression to the 99th percent. To where I'm hanging on by the edge, but all of a sudden that instinct kicks in to go, God, I know you've got this. I don't feel it right now, mm. but I know you got this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another thing that's kind of that litmus test of you: are you living that God is in control? And then the other one we wrote up there, other than obedience, other than that inner peace, is 
is your worship and relationship with God have some amount of consistency, regardless of the outside factors. Yes. Which is a tough one, because outside factors do affect, they do shape you, they do move you. But what we're talking about, is there a consistent, repetitive turning to God, regardless of those? Yeah. Well, I think despite and in spite of situations and circumstances, those are present in your life, which is a growing relationship in worship. So just like you said, hey, with the, with the peace element, I don't feel it, but I'm choosing to still acknowledge you and believe. That's worship. That going, yeah. you know, some, sometimes we in worship we are proclaiming something. Sometimes we're reminding ourselves of a truth or an attribute of God. And so in those moments, God, I'm, I'm asking for your peace. I have your peace. I don't really feel it. I don't really see it right now, but I'm going to choose to trust you. That is a form of worship, and that and yeah, that is a testament absolutely. to the relationship that we have with our God to say, your ways are higher, my love for you is higher uh, than, than anything in this world, and I'm going to cling to you. Yes. Well, we hope you've enjoyed the podcast this week. Uh, we will definitely be back next week. We are... We, this one was a good week in the process because I think we wrote five different topics yeah. up on the board. We'd love to hear from you, your thoughts, uh, your input, your experiences. Ask us questions. You can send emails to matt at richfork.com or justin at richfork.com. Justin is much better at responding in a timely manner than Matt is, but that's a life skill Matt is working on diligently. In any case, thank you for joining us this week, and we hope you know that God is in control.